Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. With Michelle, I'm Randy. Great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. And one of my favorite guests is the highly inspirational and motivational John O'Leary. He is an accomplished speaker and author and has a new book out called In Awe, Rediscover Your Childlike Wonder and Unleash Your Inspiration, Meaning, and Joy. John O'Leary, it's great to have you with us in the morning here on 101 ESPN. How are you doing? Hey, Brandy. Hi, Michelle. Good morning to you both. Good morning, John. And just for our audience who might not be familiar with you or your story, can you share with us how you came to know Jack Buck and become such special friends with him? Sure. I grew up in the Midwest, which means Jack Buck tucks me into bed every single night of my childhood. (laughs) It's a weird relationship. I think the majority of us young boys had it with Jack Buck, and the majority of us older people had it with Jack Buck because he was the voice of our summers. It was the, the soundtrack of what got us through those hot summer days. And uh, I became even closer with Jack, though, at age nine when I was burned on 100% of my body, brought into St. John's Mercy, given no chance of surviving. And that, that's on January 17th. On January 18th, it's a Sunday morning. I find myself in this hospital bed. I'm tied down. I can't move. I'm, I'm strapped down to the bed, arms and legs. There's a respirator, so I can't breathe on my own or speak or eat or drink. And my eyes are swollen shut, so I can't, I can't see, which means the only things I can do, I can dream, I can pray, and I can listen. I can listen. And that's key because that morning the door opens up, footsteps walk in, a chair comes across the floor, and then we hear the unmistakable and unforgettable voice of Jack Buck say, Kid, Wake up. Wake up. You are going to live. You are going to survive. And when, not if, when you get out of here, we are going to celebrate. We'll call it John O'Leary Day at the ballpark. And then he goes, kid, are you even listening? And I remember the nine-year-old trying to nod my head, Michelle, and, and you know, <laughs> then he goes, good, keep fighting. And that's my one experience with Jack Buck. He walks out of the room. He's told by the staff that the boy is going to die. There's absolutely no chance. There's no reason for hope. So that's the end of the story, supposedly. Except for the fact that the following day, Jack Buck comes back into this room again, sits down next to me. Into my darkness, he brings the light and says, kid, wake up. I'm back. And it begins this wildly unlikely relationship between a nine-year-old nobody named John O'Leary and this distinguished, beautiful announcer named Jack Buck. And that precipitated the book uh, On Fire, your first book, and that really so vividly describes the story and the wonderful relationship and how that day and those days that Jack kept visiting you formed your, your outlook on life. What was the genesis for this book, John? So the first book, Randy, is about what happened to me as a boy and what I learned through that experience. This book called In Awe is about what what I'm seeing today as an adult. And as a speaker, I travel around the world delivering keynote addresses to organizations. And I I love my work and I miss being uh, on the road. I miss being in front of conferences, to be honest with you. But I see a lot of brokenness out there, man. I see a lot of adults walking into these conference rooms with their shoulders slumped. That's before the day even begins. I think we kind of endure the mundane. We get through the days barely. We wait for the next season. Not a whole lot of us are living super present in the one we currently have. 
And then after I leave the big events, I always love to visit kids. I learned that from an old friend of mine. So I love to visit kids, whether they're in hospitals or they're uh, in school buildings. And when I walk into the room with a child, I see something I don't see as frequently with adults. Uh, there's less cynicism. Let's start with that. But there's a lot more joy. They have these big, goofy grins plastered on their face. When I ask them questions in a classroom, every single one of these little kids raise their hands, usually before I'm even done asking the question. They are highly engaged, highly optimistic, highly joyful in life. And so I, I see this again and again and again playing out around me, but also in my own family. So I wondered, what is it that kids have that we have lost? And if we return to it, what might happen? John O'Leary was in the hospital as a nine-year-old for five months. Before he passed away, Jack Buck was in the hospital for five months. And you and I have a, a similar story here. Tell us uh, when Jack was in the hospital, what your thought process was in not visiting him. Randy, I mean, it's, it's one of the most embarrassing things to talk about, and it breaks my heart every time it's asked and every time I have to answer it because Jack Buck, you know, we're giving everybody the high-level story here, but they're missing the, the meat. I mean, J Jack was a profound influence in my life, and here he is in the hospital for the final five months of his life, and he's got Parkinson's disease on top of it all, which is the exact same disease my dad has. So I understand a lot of the pain that Jack is going through. And you would think as a listener right now that I bet John O'Leary was outside that room every day keeping vigil for 20, you know, 24 hours a day. And the reality is not once did I go down to visit my friend Jack Buck. And it's not because I'm selfish, although maybe I am. It's not because I'm too busy because I certainly wasn't. The reason I never visited Jack Buck is because I never felt worthy ever of the joy, of the love, of the gifts that he provided me. And the truth in life is this. If you don't feel worthy of what you receive, you're never able to give it back. And so for five months, I knew my friend was dying in the hospital bed. I, I never went to see him. And it, it breaks my heart to this day to share that fact with you. You know what, John? I, 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 didn't, I thought he was going to come out. I, I know he was in the hospital for a long time. And that's why I didn't visit. I thought that I would see him again. I thought that he would make his way out of the hospital. Mm. Did you? Oh, man, I... It seemed like he was slumping downward. And, and when you listen between the breaths that Joe Buck was sharing with everybody back in the day, it was clear, just if you really listen, that he was, uh, he was not trending in the right direction. Mm -hmm. and, and more than that, even if he's going to get out, Randy, Jack thought I was going to get out. But he visited me every day. My mom and dad knew I was going to get out, but they were with me every single day. I think it, uh, for me in my position, I wish I had gone down there and visited him, even if he was to get out, because that – it was my opportunity to let him know all that he had done for me. John, I know in your book, In Awe, to kind of continue the story, that you speak about skipping Jack Buck's funeral and how that had an impact on you. Can you share that story with us? Yeah, Michelle, that's another brutal one. So thank you for bringing up the, the two uh, <laughs> bruises in that book. But they're, they're beautiful, I think, because so many of us have stories like this, like mistakes we make. And then you get to decide, should I be buried by this stupid thing I did for the rest of my life or... Should I use this as an excuse to move in a better direction? And, and in this case, the Buck family called and asked if I would go out to the funeral. You know, can you imagine all the things they had going on? And so the answer, of course, is yes. So at age 24, I put on the nicest $49 suit that I have, and I grab one of my dad's ties and dress myself up, hop into my old beat-down Jeep, drive out to this beautiful Presbyterian church, and I'm fixing my tie, Michelle, in the mirror, you know, looking right up behind the wheel of the car, and then I look to my left, and I see Dan Deardorff. So Deardorff is getting out of his beautiful car to my left, and I look in my mirror again, and the ownership group for the St. Louis Cardinals is now walking past. 
And then I realized, well, I'm not alone. So I start looking around this parking lot, and it is the who's who of St. Louis media, of St. Louis sport, and, and national sports. Man, everybody is coming for this event to pay homage to this amazing, really once-in-a-generational type guy, Jack Buck. And I look around these guys, and again, Randy and Michelle, I realized I'm, I'm a face. I'm a fake. I don't belong. If I wasn't there during the end of his life, why should I be there for him right now? So I made another mistake, Michelle. I, I put the keys back in the ignition. I turned the thing back on, and then I reversed out of that parking lot. I drove about three miles down the street before I pulled over and had one of the ugliest cries of my career. You know, like a good dog food commercial will get me. You know, like <laughs> I'm easily moved. But this was this was when you lose you, you use the right sleeve, and then you got to use the left sleeve too. And it, it, it was ugly for about an hour. And then eventually I realized, like, damn, I'm, I'm not going to be defined by the mistakes I made going forward. I can either choose to be buried by it or choose to start living for him. And I made a U-turn. I uh, wasn't able to see the funeral, but just past that church was my grandma and grandpa's house. And for the first time since being the grandson, I stopped by unannounced. I've been in their home a thousand times, but never without calling first, never without being invited first. And when I rang the doorbell and they both came to the door, you would have thought Publishers Clearinghouse had just walked in with a check for $11 million. So they were overcome with joy. The following day, I took my mom and dad out for dinner. I shared two sets of words that I may, may have never said with them. The first were these, thank you. I never really thanked them for what they did for me in the hospital. I never really thanked them for giving up five months, every hour of their life to be with me and the guidance they provided afterwards. So I said, thank you. And then I said, I love you guys. Like you're my heroes. And I don't tell you that enough. And I'm sorry. There, there were words I never told Jack Buck. So then I wrote a letter to his wife, to his wife, Carol, and I brought her out to lunch. And so Carol Buck and I connect now and I'm telling her what a lousy friend I was and what an amazing husband he was. And, Again, it's breaking my heart, but it's causing her to cry, not out of sorrow, but out of joy. It's like Jack's alive again, and she was grateful for that. And then I took the great Joe Buck out to coffee at Starbucks, and I read him a five-page letter that I wrote his dad. So the letter begins, Dear Jack. And then it goes on from there to tell Jack Buck what an amazing man he was, what a lousy friend I am, but I'm going to try to make amends for this for the rest of my life. So I read this a lot in a Starbucks and, you know, I'm crying. Joe's emotional, hand him the letter. It's a beautiful day. Move on in life, man. I, I start sharing the story of what Jack did, not for what I got out of it, but to encourage people to be Jack Bucks for others. Like we can all do little things for other people and have a profound impact. That's the lesson of Jack Buck. You don't need to be a Hall of Famer. You just need to show up. You need to have a little bit of courage. You need to recognize that love still matters. And that's what Jack taught me. And final bit of this little story is, when I and my wife, Beth, had our first child, we named him after someone we hope he becomes like. And his name is not John. His name is not Randy or Michelle. His <laughs> name is Jack. His name is Jack. And, you know, the, the balls that Jack gave me now reside in little Jack's room. And I hope he doesn't sell them on eBay. And I hope he doesn't show his friends how great he is. I hope when my little Jack sees those baseballs, he's reminded of what greatness is. And it, it's humble service. It's uh, the kind of guy who would raise his hand and go off to fight in the European theater, which Jack did. It's learning the lessons from the depression, which Jack did. It's recognizing the importance of being generous, even if you're busy, which Jack certainly did. And so, uh, man, I, I was blessed by Jack Buck. I made the mistake of not trying to be kind back to him. But I've tried for the last 15 years to make amends for that. 
The great John O'Leary is with us on 101 ESPN. And John, one more thing. The name of the book, In Awe, Rediscover Your Childlike Wonder to Unleash Inspiration, Meaning, and Joy. And a lot of the things that you've just said in the last five minutes are things that I think are applicable to right now with the pandemic. Obviously, the book was written before all of this started, but do you think there is a connection there that that there are lessons that you've learned that you've shared with us here in the last few minutes that people could apply, especially right now in the here and now? So, Randy, I wrote this book when the market was at an all-time high and unemployment was at an all-time low. So that's th- those were the headwinds I was writing this book into. And even with that, 94% of news stories when I was writing this book were negative. This is before COVID-19. Not only that, but more than half of us feel as if we were doing life by ourselves. This is before COVID-19 forced us to do life by ourselves. Uh, in, in 2018, 1.5 million Americans attempted suicide. So during a period of prosperity... Many of us felt isolation. Many of us felt despair. And so I wrote this book saying, people, we don't need to be like this. There is a better, higher way to move forward. There's a pathway of hope. There's a pathway of optimism. You can utilize a little bit of faith. You can make your life about something bigger than yourself. And in doing so, joy begins to, begins to proliferate within your heart, within your life. Prosperity comes into your life, I believe, in, in the way that you pour yourself into those around you. So I wrote this book in 2018, 2019. But, man, I think it's more needed now than ever before. John O'Leary, you're the man. We appreciate you taking some time with us. Good luck with the book, and hopefully we can do this again soon because your message is necessary. Randy, it's great to hear your voice in the morning. Uh, and, Michelle, you're you're delightful always. And, uh, guys, if you want to learn more about the book, go to readinaw.com, and uh, you'll learn everything about the book there. And I'm looking forward to journeying forward with you guys. So, Randy, Michelle, thank you for this time.